Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you. Second hour of our show right here on FST. Stay on the grid for all the latest in fantasy sports, sports wagering, and everything else going on. And pretty soon, Joe, we're going to be kicking around some NFL discussion. We have the schedule. Is there anything left for the NFL to throw at us that we've been missing? Maybe they have, like, the last waltz. Like, what, what, what's next for the NFL? Like, they put out, they do the draft, it gets a lot of attention. They do the schedule, it gets a lot of attention. Or, well, you've got free left? agency. Free, free agency is pretty damn fun. That's right. That was well, their, that's, I think a, that's the, a fair one. I think what the NFL has done a great job with is actually making it a 12-month sport, which it for was sure. not in our childhood. It was not a 12-month sport. The NFL had their window. Yeah, the draft was kind of a thing. But other than that, no. Now the way free agency structured, you know, they go, they end in January, February, and then... You know, by the time you at the end of February into March, you got that free agency time, which everybody's all into. Then you have all the combine taking up most of March, you know, all that discussion, all the college discussion. Then you have the draft in April. And then, you know, we don't have the OTAs this year, but, you know, you have the summer where the OTAs are going on. And I'll tell you what, man, before you know it, it's training camp. I mean, Black Book's coming out June 1st for football, and I can't tell you how many messages I get a day. When's the book come out? When's the book come out? Because people want to do best balls. They want to get involved in stuff. They want to they want to start their prep here in the summertime so they are ready for the season. So it's, uh, it's become a thing. And um, the NFL has really taken over the consciousness, I think, of American sports and, you know, possibly world sports at a certain point. Uh, point here because I think they're working towards that. It is incredibly popular. I'm going back on the British podcast actually tomorrow <laughs> to talk to those guys. They are ready to talk NFL already. They already started up before the draft again. Yeah, I am not ready for that, but it is always fun to take a look ahead in a time where there's no sports. I am going to lean on the NFL. I will admit that, but once baseball starts and once basketball starts back up, then I'll say so long to the NFL for a few months. I'll catch up with you in August and September. Well, luckily, uh, but for now, <laughs> I, I, I cannot I cannot do football in June. This year I'm going to do football in June. But no choice. No oh, choice. So good. I love hearing you say no that. No choice. After all these no years. I know you have no choice, and I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm uh, Listen, it's the same as baseball in January. I won't do it, but, you know, the, right now there's just no choice. We have no sports. I mean, you know what's funny, Craig? You know, I, the traditional preparation times, I understand that. But if you look even for baseball, I mean, Ron Chandler's book comes out in December. You know, it comes out before Christmas time. Uh, baseball HQ comes out. It doesn't right? matter when they come out. I mean, you're selling a product, but for the average you're, person, they could. You're care selling less a product, but you have to understand for the window for these products, it's about a three month window. That window used to be, when I started the Black Book ten years ago, the window for baseball was usually AFC Championship game. You know, it's the end of January into obviously the beginning of April. Now, if um, uh, this year coming in 2021. I'm going to have that book out well before Christmas time. And that's just the way it's changed. The season's moved up, but also the time it takes and, and what goes on here and the way drafts are structured and best ball leagues are structured, it has changed significantly how people, the general public, takes in the information and when they want to take it in because they're starting drafts earlier and earlier. And I, although you don't like it, it is a fact that people are especially trying to prepare themselves earlier and earlier because it's harder and harder 
to prepare yourself to get an edge on anybody. It was the way everything is being spoon fed to everyone else during drafts. In, in during baseball, season. maybe, but not in football. Oh, what's, so, what's so hard about football? We're all talking about the same twenty guys. I don't know. What's so hard about football? You just run me a, a dynasty league that's absolutely. Well, there's a, that's a huge difference in that. I, I'll never win that thing. How many finals did you get to last year? You got the Zero? one. I don't know. All right. I don't think I won anything. Maybe, last maybe year. it's time to start putting in Janu- uh, some June prep to the football. Oh, it's the same twenty guys over and over again. I can do that in my. I could. It, it takes me a week. To do the draft. Done. Oh, by comparison, yes. Oh no, finals, finals, but not it wasn't it was the team I shared, the baseball league. Yeah, I, I that's true. I did get to one finals last year. What well, I'm saying like, is like, the preparation is preparation's everything. I don't need four months to tell me who to draft at running back. I can figure it out in a week or two. Now listen, <laughs> I I God bless you. I mean, you need to, you know, support uh, have a business and your business <laughs> is a book, and I totally get it. My business here is at Sports Grid is I'm not selling a book, so I'll do whatever I I'll do whatever I feel is like the best thing to talk about on that day. But I completely understand where you're coming from because if I had one, I would be doing the same thing. From a baseball perspective, you do have to break down and understand that there are going to be a thousand guys to discuss, and not only that, but you have to determine what their values are because of an auction. In the NFL, you take a running back, you may have the best team in the world, you still have a bad week, you play against somebody else, you don't even control the outcome. In fantasy football, it's, a lot of it is is luck. You but you also have to keep in mind too. There's a lot of different leagues out there now. We cater to the IDP crowd. We cater to the dynasty crowd. We could, you know, fantasy football ten years ago was very simple. Well, you draft with your friends, all this stuff. The amount of keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, the amount of information people want for rookies, for undrafted free agents, for the things that we have in the black book that a lot of other magazines, as they would call them, don't even cover. That's what separates us. And I'm not doing it because I'm pushing the product. I'm doing it because I'm telling you. The sales is telling me this, like when we sell the product the most is in these peak times that, you know, you would think, oh, nobody wants these three months to prepare. No, they they want it. They want it. They want the cheat sheets. And we do the updates of the cheat sheets as the season goes on for, for preseason. So, I mean, I could tell you, yeah, I could sit here and try to force that. But if it wasn't ready, <laughs> if people weren't ready to buy it and wanting to buy it in June, I would not be putting myself out so much by trying to get it out so damn early. I'd take another vacation month. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Listen, people crave for anything that's new and it's hot. And look, you have a hot product. Well, you just called me again. new and hot. So I'll stop there. I don't know if I've ever been called either of those things. Usually old. You're, you're hot fit. <laughs> hot fit, baby. Uh, no, but hey, look, 10 years, you know, 10 years. It's, this Listen, is what if it's sports grid, if we if the sports grid, if we had a green book, I would be pushing the green book. And I would say it's amazing. You know, like whatever we do. Not a bad like, movie, like, by what, the way. Did you see the green book? Not a good Yeah, not a well, book. I have to change it. The purple book. If we had the purple book, I would push the, <laughs> the, the fantasy purple book right here on the show. Break down all the breakdowns. You know, I got articles from... Uh, uh, from uh, Look, you're uh, you're a baseball Barry, from guy. from the best of the business from Barry Ronis and uh, you're a, you know, you're like a, a hey Adam Ronis is working on the black no, Barry Park. Barry Ronis I don't brother. care I want I want Adam Ronis not Barry Ronis <laughs> that's all. oh we got the brother <laughs> in, the lesser the, in the purple book it's cheaper than the black book we got <laughs> we got Adam Ronis's brother Barry and it's and, he, and and he's almost as good not as good almost as good but the book is cheaper purple book sportsgrid.com <laughs> Go to the win totals. You know what's even better than uh than <laughs> He's got another six one. minute than six minute abs? Four minute abs. I'm gonna do <laughs> it myself. <laughs>
That's the I I'm, I stole that from a movie. Okay. Right. Uh, NFL futures bets for 2020. FanDuel uh, has the Giants season win total at six, and the over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. The odds for them to win the NFC East are not that unreasonable. Nine to one, and of course they're never going to win the NFC Championships. So that's a joke. It's 40 to one. But, Joe, I would expect the Giants to be a better football team this year. They were really hard to read in 2019, very up and down. It looked like they were going to have a nice run with Daniel Jones, and then things went sideways a little bit. Barkley got hurt. I guess well, that was a yeah, big Barkley, part of their offense yeah, that, last year, That's too. what went sideways. Barkley got hurt. Uh, doing the quarterback write-up, I went into the game log of Daniel Jones and the games where all of a sudden when Barkley was yeah. there when it started out for those two weeks, and then Barkley got hurt and where it ended up. And then Makes guess what sense. happened? When Barkley came back, guess what? Daniel Jones' numbers picked up again. Isn't well, that maybe that's shocking? the king? Well, yeah, it is the maybe key. That, so, maybe yeah, the, the best key. player on your team healthy and playing because he came back a couple weeks earlier than he should have, and he was not the guy. If you recall, it was not good. And it took him another couple weeks after that to get right. And when he did, they started to roll. And I got to tell you, I thought the Giants had one of the top five drafts this year. Oh, I thought they had a okay. terrific draft. I think every pick they made was exactly the right thing to do in terms of position. I think the talent they got everywhere was very good. A healthy Saquon Barkley is probably one of, if not the best, back in the league. And you're going to add him in this total of six games. I think with a little bit play, better play on the offensive line, you've got some really serious wide receivers here. You know, Shepard, very good. Tate, very good. Uh, I, I think you have the emergence of Slayton last year, uh, uh, who was really good. I, I think you also have Evan Ingram still as the tight end. You yeah, look, he missed a lot of time last year. You look at the Giants, it's about health. That is it. You know, Daniel Jones is not nearly as bad as everybody anticipated, anticipated him being. And if you give him a little bit better offensive line play, I think this over is actually pretty, pretty interesting. And I think you also got to look at, you know, some of these other teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys and remind yourself that the Eagles and the Cowboys had numerous opportunities to walk away with this division, to, yay, run away with this division, and they didn't. So what does that say about them, and what does that say about this division? It says it's winnable, and if the Giants could just put it together a little bit, I think they could be competitive here. I don't think they're winning the NFC Championship game, but to win the NFC East— I I, I kind of agree with you there. I I think that the number seems seems Dallas has a lot of stars, no pun intended, but— they have a lot of I like Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia will be better. Washington will be horrible, but I, I think Philadelphia will be a little bit better. I, I think Philadelphia is a good team. I think Dallas is a very talented team. But at the end, when you watch both of those teams last year, it was who wants to win this damn thing? And oh, you know I what? I think yeah. I, I think it looks like the Giants are a team that could sneak back in there very quickly, and it would not surprise me at all. I like the over here. All right, let's take a look at the New York Jets win total for 2020. Under. has them at six and a half. <laughs> Under. Whatever it is. I love the I over. Don't see I, don't it. I don't want to see Minus 115 it. on the over, minus 105 on the under. Their odds to win the AFC East are about seven and a half to one. Their odds to win the AFC Championship are 37 to one. So you hate the Jets this year? Yes. It is not a good roster. Up and down, not a good roster. You know, Sam Darnold. Well, this is your big chance to cash in. Cash in, baby. Six and a half, please. Don't you know? Do I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. I just, I, I no, it's under, no, under, 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 under. How they much money is Joe Pizzapia going to be betting on the under for the? All Jets? the money. All the money. All the money the in Jets. the world. Sell All me the on black the black book sales Sell money. Me on the Jets getting over. Sell me on it. Adams and Bell are just fed up already. Both of them want to get moved on. It's terrible. Darnold, unfortunately, missed a key 
chunk of the season last year in development. Sell me on how this team gets to seven wins because I don't see how. Listen, they don't play well I up didn't, front. I, I didn't see I, how the I, Dolphins got to five wins either. You never know with this stuff. I can't say that there's any guarantee or luck. Look, do I think the Jets are a good team? No. Do I side with you on the opinion? Yes. Would six I bet it? Half. No. Six and a half. I mean, six and a half, Craig? Don't bet it. Don't I want to go Clip full Allen Iverson on see you bet it. Practice? Man, we're talking about practice. We're talking about you see Allen Iverson's tweet the other day? We're talking about staying home. Yeah. Social distance. <laughs> I did. I did. Wasn't that the anniversary of the practice rant? That's why he did it, right? Is that why? I, I, believe, I believe it was. It was the anniversary of that rant. Man, we're talking about practice. But I was actually living in Philadelphia at the time when that happened, too. And that was as big of a moment as you could possibly imagine in a, in a town for sports. That was that was as I big. Remember. It was something in Philadelphia. Well, coming up next, it's time for us to dive into our stadium of the day with the iconic players that played there. And coming up next, it's actually a team that went to the Super Bowl that you probably forgot about because they didn't win, but it was a very close game. We'll have the answer coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to the show. It's time for us to take a look at a stadium today and some of the iconic players that played in that stadium. It's a regular segment that we've been doing since the pandemic began. We're running out of stadiums to do. So coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go to my local Little League field, find out who the best players were there of all time, we'll bring them on the show and uh, and see what they're up to in the world. I mean, that's, Speaking that's, of Little League, if dude, we have canceled. to do this for two more months, then yeah, we'll they canceled up. the Little League World Series, Craig. And I mean, that's always very sad. I love the Little League World Series, but imagine all of those fathers who don't get to try to live vicariously through their children this summer. Can we have a moment of silence for all of their broken dreams to relive their youth through their it children? Is, it's rough, but you know what? I have been training with my son. I uh, am. Yeah? Way more during this time than we ever would have been. And I bet you he's played. gotten much better over the I season. think he has. I think mm-hmm. he has. Yeah. Every day, playing catch, he's hitting the ball, like not harder, playing games. That's where, yeah. that's where baseball instruction goes wrong. Too many games, not enough instruction and understanding the game. And, you know, drills are fun sometimes, man. I did man, I did drills for years, man. I, I And then I ran drills for years at Williamsport, no less. Every summer of my life, that was my first paying job in my life was baseball coach. I got paid $500 for two weeks to be a coach in Williamsport from the camp league. It's the greatest job ever that anyone could possibly have. And all we did, we played two games a day and all we did was practice all morning. And it was great. And we would practice. Sometimes we have two practices a day and then one game. Teaching kids the game and having them out there playing the game, not just always playing in games, is a big difference. And I hate that, you know, unfortunately it is more of this... Weird specialization and weird like, well, Tommy plays only this and he only does this one thing all the time. And that's all Tommy can do is play first base. Well, let's teach Tommy to play second base and catcher and everything else. And maybe he has a different appreciation for the game. Maybe. 
I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I've enjoyed that part of it. I still That's would nice. love there to be a game or two. That would be great, but no games. I bet I bet he'll remember this with you. Maybe so. That, Maybe this so. will be the he big really is now like gets pitching older. and stuff. It's crazy. So when they I ask him, hit... where were you during all this madness? You can say I was playing, I was playing with, with my dad in the backyard every well, single day. Good job, Craig Mish. Well done. Well done. On all the right, right track. All right. Uh, let's take a look at our stadium of the day. We're going to Nissan Stadium which is home of the Tennessee Titans, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, opened up in 1999. Unfortunately, they have no championships. But, Joe, people forget that the Titans got to a Super Bowl, and they almost won a Super Bowl, too, right? Like, that is not a team that comes to mind with that. With Eddie George, was, oh, was it, oh, was it Givens? I forget who it was. Who, who was it that was leaning across? Dyson. Dyson. Right, that's what. I'm sorry, it was Dyson. Leaning across that's the That's and why you have touchdown. Me. And you know, right. like, yeah, they, they didn't just came close. They came inches <laughs> from winning that game. That's and right. if so, that whole greatest show on turf kind of gets kind of pushed aside there as well. They were just kind of an offensive one year wonder Marvel. And then they couldn't win the big game because they lost the next year to the Patriots <laughs> and Tom Brady in his that, first run. So it. imagine that. I mean, maybe they don't even get there after they don't win maybe. that first one. Maybe yeah, Dick Vermeil is crying for a different reason. It's possible. I think that. <laughs> I think that this is a, a spot I'd like to go see a game at. It seems like a pretty fun environment. How about this? Where do you think Jeff Fisher ranks all-time wins as an NFL head coach? Oh, boy. I don't top know. 30, top 20, top 10. I don't know. In the 20s. He is 11. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed that. 173. Jeff Fisher has more wins than Paul Brown at 166, Mike Holmgren at 161, Joe Gibbs all have less wins in the NFL than Jeff Fisher. His, his teams with the Titans were really good. They were very good for a long period of time. Yeah, <laughs> were. really good. I mean, must have won 10 games every year, but they just never got far. Well, for that some years it was that 7-9 and nine BS, though. Right. <laughs> Most with the Rams, it was always 7-9. and nine. Well, The Rams was a lot of 7-9 and nine BS, but he was a coach of the league for a very long time, had a lot of success. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He's really... He's really shown himself to be a fun guy and doesn't take himself all too seriously. Yeah. And I can appreciate that about him. Yeah, and I heard, actually, did you hear he was studying a lot of new offensive stuff because he wants to coach again? And he's trying to, you know, because people made fun of him that he's playing, you know, a a version of football that doesn't exist anymore. And that's why they were only 7-9 or even worse some years. I mean, listen, that when Fisher was the coach— when he was the coach of the Rams, they would ask him, like, who's the best weapon? And he kept saying Hecker, the punter. And he was. Hecker was amazing. But he was, like, very comfortable punting with Hecker, like, down to the other team's one-yard line. Like, and, and he could do it every time. So they would run on first, run on second, run on third, just punt. Okay, but now we, we pinned him, right? This is crazy. It was, yeah. his, his offense was antiquated. Uh, okay, iconic players for Tennessee. Better names than you would have thought for such a short period of time. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Steve McNair leads off. What a tragedy, of course, with him. Great quarterback for the Titans for many, many years. Uh, I remember being, again, uh, doing local radio, seeing that crawl, Joe, seeing that Steve McNair was killed. Yeah. And, boy, that, that, was a, that was a shocking one yeah. and a tough one. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, to remember him as a player, too, one of the great athletic quarterbacks, too. A guy who could get out in there in space. A guy that could make plays with his legs, yep. but had a great arm. Really good passer. And everybody loved him, too. He was very beloved by his teammates. And I think that's what made it so difficult. He seemed to be beloved by everybody there, too. Like, the media. Everybody seemed to love Air McNair. And uh, he was he was a force to be reckoned with. He had a very good career. 
Unfortunately, he didn't win the big one, but certainly had a lot of wins under his belt. But Steve McNair is definitely one of those guys. I think when you think about that era in football, he really comes to mind for me. Eddie George, we also have, of course, there, Hall of Famer, Frank Wycheck, great tight end, part of mm-hmm. the Music City Miracle. Uh, let's not sleep on Chris Johnson, who rushed for 2,000 yards and for a period of time was the best fantasy running back in the game, had a great three, four-year run with them. Uh, now I get got in some trouble. But now he's facing time. Yeah, <laughs> good segue, yes. Good now segue. he's looking at... Uh... <laughs> CJ uh, 2K to life. I mean, it could, it could be. be a bad situation there. Uh, Eddie George is a fascinating guy, too. Another great renaissance man. Eddie George, after football, took on an acting career. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but he actually uh, studied Shakespeare and he actually played Othello at one point. Did not um, know yeah, he, he's shown up I in did. some movies and some TV stuff, but he's actually done uh, regional theater, believe it or not. Like Eddie George, famous Eddie George, has done regional theater. He actually... Uh, and also married to, I believe, uh, an R&B singer from the 90s, also, if memory serves, too, from the group SWV, I believe. That's oh, Eddie's wife. Them, yeah. So so there you go. So Eddie George, Renaissance man. Eddie George had pops up life. on TV. Yeah. And you know what? Was one of these guys when football was over, he had a lot of passions. So uh, I, I give him a lot of respect. As someone who studied Shakespeare at Oxford myself, I can tell you it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. So I give him a lot of credit for getting out there and trying. We have also Javon Curse on our iconic Titans players. Great defensive player. And uh, Derrick Henry, I think you got to put him here after the last couple of years that he's had. I I really wanted Derrick Mason to add him to this. but I uh, love Derrick Mason. Mason was a great player. Very underrated player. And had some good years with Baltimore after the Titans as well. Head football coach at Vanderbilt, too. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and, And you know what? He's doing a pretty good job over there. I saw him a couple of times this year. You know, uh, you got to love that. You got to love the guys who love the game enough. Even yeah, though I was though always a big fan of him. Yeah, a really good player. Right. And Derrick Henry, I'm going to double down. Last year, the bold prediction was he led the league in rushing. Everyone laughed at me. Guess what? They can laugh at me again. I'm going to double down. He does it back-to-back years. How about that? There it is. Boom. There it is. Double down. Double down. We'll laugh at you for everything else. Laugh for All right, everything. iconic Houston Oilers players. Uh, remember, it was Houston before it was Tennessee. So, of course, Earl Campbell goes on this list. Warren Moon. Great, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. It's it's just all Hall of Famers on this list, guys. Every single one of these players that you see in Houston. That's the kind of careers that they had. Campbell, Hall of Famer. Moon, Hall of Famer. Mike Munchak, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Elvin Bethay. Uh, I, I had a chance to meet Elvin Bethay and Curly Culp at different golf tournaments. I honestly didn't know a thing about either of them. And then, you know, you Google, you look back and you see what, I mean, they didn't keep defensive stats like they do now. Just two amazing players there. And of course, Bruce, Math- Bruce Matthews as well. Uh, other players, Joe, uh, Chris Dishman, great defensive back for Houston for many years. Ernest Givens, who played for both Houston and Tennessee. Drew Hill, really good wide receiver. And then we got to put a kicker on here in Al Del Greco. That I yeah, Al Del Greco. But Givens and Hill, I remember with Warren Moon, man, that run and shoot offense they ran. And, you know, some great, you know, personalities, too. How about the coach? How about Bum Phillips of the Houston Oilers? I mean, that that's an iconic coach right there you know a revolutionary coach and what a character he was for god's sakes and his son wade uh obviously had a very long career coaching the nfl also but warren moon's the one guy i always go to man i thought if warren moon had played his entire career in the nfl and had started as early as other quarterbacks start in the nfl i think warren moon would be in a different place in terms of the discussion i think warren moon does not get nearly enough credit i think the things that warren moon had to deal with coming up as a black quarterback in this league, 
uh, obviously are things that, you know, it's kind of paved the way for guys like Steve McNair. He's a very important, iconic figure. And I think Warren Moon should get more attention and more love because not only was he a great quarterback, but he was very important because when you think of the iconic first great black quarterback, I don't know about you, but to me, Warren Moon is that guy. That's the guy that paves the way for the Randall Cunningham's, paves the way for all the guys who came after. And what you see now in the NFL, which is there is very little stigma, I think, now left about, which is that never should have been one in the first place. But I think it's a very important. I think Warren Moon was that guy and just a first-class player and a great dude, too. He's no Ryan Tannehill, but he's He's no Ryan Tannehill, right? Of course not. I cannot believe Ryan Tannehill has made a career out of... Ryan Tannehill got himself paid. He got Unbelievable. Hey, just uh, goes to show you. Where do you got him ranked this year? (laughs) Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill is a decent low-end... Flex QB two, yeah, uh, right. OP QB two kind of guy in super flex leagues. I think that's where you have Tannehill because look, <clears throat> like it or not, Tannehill makes enough plays with his legs and makes enough touchdown passes at times where he kind of gets you there. I had a number of leagues last year where I lost Mahomes in some super flex leagues for that period of time, and I lost a couple other guys for a period of time. I picked up Ryan Tannehill off the waiver wire and just rode the wave. And I don't think you can expect it to be great, but I think you can expect it to be mildly productive because Derrick Henry is such a beast that it's going to just allow him to do other things. And look, A.J. Brown had a really good year last year, so there's no reason to think he can't still be that number one guy. Corey Davis is going to be done. He's pushed aside. That's over, and that's never going to happen, unfortunately. But Tannehill, look, guy got paid. Give him credit. And look, they've he only had to do what they asked him to do. They never asked him to do more than that. They asked him to do more. He just couldn't do it. Well, so then they, they I don't think they, a different question. I don't think they asked him to do more. I think they just asked him to do. They asked him. He said, I can do hand it. the ball off to Derrick Henry. And then every now and then when we need you to make a play. And he did. And you know what? Uh, I actually had a transcript of the phone conversation. They asked him they asked to do him, it. And he said, he said, I can't. He said, actually, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that's what Marcus Mariota said. Just want to say Marcus both Mariota of them, said. Both of I, them were on FaceTime together. And they both said, we both can't do it. Well, one is the starting quarterback and getting paid for the Titans, and the other one's a backup to Derek Carr in Las Vegas. What a bust that guy was, Marcus Mariota. Ugh. Hey. Horrible. Back-to-back back with Winston, right? The first pick overall? Yeah, him and Winston. Mariota? Yeah, back-to-back, back, right? Yeah, that's that's why I'm taking a running back in this uh, <laughs> fight. All right, well, uh, Matt, yeah. Matt Sells is going to join us next. We're going to hit on the upcoming NASCAR race. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, and yes, it is time for sports to be back in the United States of America and all over the world, and one of the sports that is coming back this weekend is NASCAR, and we figured, hey, look, I mean, we're all going to be watching it. It's a live race at Darlington, and so we thought we would bring in Matt Sells, who covers NASCAR for Fantasy Alarm at FantasyAlarm.com. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited that we get the live 
NASCAR back. The last few weeks we've been watching iRacing, which is about as close as we've gotten to actual racing in the last, uh, oh, I don't know, since the beginning of March. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun time coming back to Darlington. Now, would you say that iRacing was a success? Would you consider a success? I would. I think it got better uh, each week as the guys got more practice. Uh, for those that didn't pay attention, it was actually the cup drivers driving um, in essentially their own houses uh, in a sim rig uh, on the iRacing platform, which is about the most accurate uh, racing, you know, virtual racing platform you can get. So I thought it was pretty good. Fox apparently thought it was good. They got more than a million viewers every week. Um, the last, you know, the race on Saturday at North Wilkesboro was so good that iRacing is opening that track up a month earlier than they were anticipating. So, yeah, I think it was pretty well received, but I think we're all ready for actual cup cars to be on track. Now, for those people who don't know, what, what is the schedule exactly for the upcoming races, Matt? So they've announced four of them so far uh, to basically carry us through the end of May. So on Sunday, the 17th of May, we get a 400-mile race at Darlington, which is down in South Carolina. Then on Wednesday night, the following Wednesday night, so what is that, like the 20th of May, 21st of May, uh, we get a second race at Darlington. This one is measured in kilometers, so it'll be about 100 laps shorter than Sunday's race. Then on May 24th, on Sunday, May 24th, which is Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, we get the standard Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, which was one of the key races in the cup schedule. Um, so that's going to go off normal um, on Sunday night, 600 miles of racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway, wow. 400 laps. And then Wednesday... Um, to close out May, we get another race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, which will be shorter, um, also measured in kilometers. It'll be uh, about 100 or so laps shorter than the Sunday one. So we get four cup races in the span of 10 days, and then after that, uh, there's some rumors floating around as to what they're going to do, but nothing set in stone yet. All right, so the, the first race let's focus on is the one coming up this weekend at Darlington. Uh, look, there's a lot of people who are going to be new to this, Matt, who have never dove in before. But, of course, over on FanDuel and DraftKings coming up this weekend, uh, we're going to be basically seeing odds and, and having a chance to wager on this. And I know that there'll be DFS as well. So uh, let, let's kind of dive in initially to this. Is there any sort of strategy? I know there's been a long layover, obviously, for everybody involved here. So what are you anticipating? How will things look this coming Sunday? So things are going to look a little different because they're doing what's known in the NASCAR industry as a one-day show. So they're basically showing up and racing on Sunday, and that's it. There's going to be no practice. There's going to be no qualifying. So they will set the starting lineup based on owner points, which is essentially how the drivers have done so far this year. So we already know the starting lineup for the race that's on Sunday. Normally, we don't get that until Friday or Saturday. So that's a bit of an advantage. Um, we do know how these Drivers have done it the track previously. It's the same package they ran at the track last year. Um, so we can study track history uh, throughout the week. But in terms of rust factor, it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to account for. Now a lot of these Cup drivers have been doing the eye racing, which they say is um, so accurate that a lot of the teams use it in their simulators during the week to get ready for um, you know each each race that comes up and practice on. Um, you know, practice their setups and, and, you know, how they want their car to feel before they even get to the track. But in terms of 
actually being able to figure out who's got the advantage throughout the week, it's going to be really hard without seeing cars on the track. So we're going to have to look quite a lot at how they've done previously at the track and um, maybe who did well during iRacing and who has some momentum going from there, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, that's almost like, I mean, it's it's not quite the equivalent, but maybe when some of the sports comes back, I know, uh, you know, MLB The Show is being played right. out. I mean, it's, I mean <laughs> to think that, that, that any sort of video game or simulation could actually factor into the results is is insane. Has was anything accomplished during iRacing that would lead you to believe that that would give somebody an advantage this weekend? Um, I mean, a lot of the guys that were good at iRacing are usually in the um, back of the pack to begin with because their car like it's a little tough to judge iRacing because everybody had the same setup, everybody had the same exact car, so it just came down to actual driver skills as opposed to in the Cup Series where you have certain teams that have cars that are like up here and others that are like down here. So, you know, th there are differences, but a guy like William Byron who dominated in iRacing and now has, you know, uh, pretty good mojo going might actually do better than he typically does at Darlington. Um, Eric Jones kept his, you know, good season going in iRacing and he's gotten a win at Darlington before. So, who knows? Maybe maybe we can. I mean, I'm not going to rest heavily on it for sure, but it's basically all we've got to go off of with the last time that these guys were actually in competitive environments. Right. So you said that basically the race order has been more or less set. So how did that how does that look for the race? So you've got, you know, a lot of your what will turn out to be higher priced guys in DFS will be starting up front. Um, I believe Chase Elliott is on the pole, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's either him or Kevin Harvick, I can't remember. And then Joey Logano, those are basically your top three. And then after that, it basically depends on how each driver did during the first four races of the uh, Cup Series this year. So it takes into account who's gotten wins, how high of a finish you got, laps, lead bonuses, stuff like that. They allot points for each of those, and then you know it sorts itself out. So you will still have the guys that usually qualify in the back or get likely qualifying in the back. Um, it does change a little bit for a couple of different guys, though, because you have Ryan Newman is coming back. Uh, he has been medically cleared to return to a cup car after that horrifying crash at uh, Daytona, at the you know the finish of the Daytona 500. Um, so he will be back in his number six car, um, but he gets to keep the points that his substitute... Um, you know, garnered because they're owner points. So it's based on the car, not the driver. Um, and then Matt Kenseth will be in the number 42 car for Chip Ganassi because Kyle Larson said something he should not have said on one of the iRacing streams and got fired from almost every form of racing possible um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. So there's when a couple was the last of, time Matt Kenseth raced? Uh, about a year and a half ago in a cup car. So... He's going to have some butterflies because he's never raced this package before in an actual cup race. It's been a couple of years since he's raced Darlington, and his first uh, laps on the track are going to be under green flag conditions going into turn one at a not very easy track to master. Um, yeah, it's going to be – I'm probably going to lay off Matt Kenseth a little bit this week. Gotcha, yeah. All right, so uh, beyond the first race coming up this weekend um, – well, actually, you know what, before we go for it, so do you have, like, a favorite? Do you, I mean, I, I know that obviously the pricing will be out by the time 
that we're we're airing this, or maybe even perhaps in a day. Right. So the, the pricing, the DFS pricing, typically comes out throughout the day on Wednesday. Um, okay. One site will have it first, and then the other one typically takes until the afternoon, and it tends to switch each week. You never know who's going to come out with it first. They do have contests out already um, that you can reserve spots for. Um, DraftKings is going huge. They have a one million dollar prize wow. pool tournament out, two hundred thousand to first place. So. They're going pretty big with this. Um, but, I mean, a couple of my favorites, I would probably have to go with the Joe Gibbs Racing Garage. They have Denny Hamlin, uh, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones. Those guys tend to fare pretty well here uh, at Darlington. They've won a couple of the last uh, three or four races here. And um, they did pretty well in the in the iRacing, too, if we want to take that into account. Um, but yeah, this is a track that usually sets up pretty well for Joe Gibbs racing cars. Okay, uh, real quick, the the second race. Uh, tell us a little bit about that next week. So the second race will be on Wednesday night. So it'll be NASCAR shot to see how prime time midweek races go. Um, I'm hoping they go really well so that they can condense the schedule a little bit and get some more midweek races going when they release. Uh, next year's schedule or even for the remainder of this year because who knows how the rest of this year is going to play out but uh it'll be at the same track it'll be at darlington uh it'll be a shorter race the first one is 293 laps the second one's is about 203 207 uh laps because it's measured in kilometers versus miles they switched it up i guess um but there's not really there's still going to be no practice for that one um and qualifying order, we're not entirely sure how it will be set. Um, they're still not going to have a qualifying session. Only one of the four races, when they come back, will have actual on-track qualifying, and that'll be for the Coca-Cola 600. But So there's a little bit of detail still to be figured out and released. Um, but it'll be some semblance of either inverting the field uh, from the finished positions of the first race, um, you know, they flirted with that for Pocono this year. Uh, the, basically, you leave the the back half, get random draw, and then the front half of the field is just an inversion of where they finished the first race. So let's say the top 20 guys from Sunday's race get flipped. So the guy that won, now we'll start the second one 20th. I don't know if that's gotcha. what they'll do, but it's probably something – to that, they can't just run straight off of owner points. It'll be an unfair advantage to uh, most of the field if they just keep doing that. Do you think that that NASCAR will be met back with a lot of popularity, Matt, before we go here? I mean, I, I, it's really hard to I say. I mean, we saw how it's hard to UFC say. Yeah, and one thing I will say quickly is that Steve Phelps, who is the head of NASCAR, did say that iRacing drew in 1.5 million new unique viewers. So... With nothing else on except for like KBO and you know UFC, maybe right. some of those one and a half million viewers will stick and see actual racing, and then you know there's basically nowhere to go for NASCAR but up at this point. Yeah, no, it feels that way. And then we'll have some baseball to talk about pretty soon, yes. and perhaps the other sport. Make sure that you head on over to Fantasy Alarm, check out uh, all of the NASCAR previews, and of course we'll be previewing it uh, as we go later on in the week here on Sports Grid. But that is your first look at the race this weekend at Darlington. Thanks again to Matt Stelz for coming on the show. Appreciate it, Matt. We'll talk again soon. Sure thing, Craig. 
All right, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. Don't forget, you can, if you were watching live and you missed any of our preview of this race in NASCAR or any of the other previews that we do for any of the other sports, head on over to YouTube and make sure you like and subscribe our show. Also, make sure you turn your notifications on. And as soon as our shows get populated and over on the YouTube channel, they will get sent to you and you're off and running. Coming up next, Joe Pizapia joins me once again. We continue our look at some of the historical stadiums in sports, also the players that played there. And we're going to focus in on one of the teams in the NFL today and a couple of the stars, a couple of which you may be very familiar with. So we'll have that and more coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mitch. Don't go away. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you every day, 11 a.m., 1 p.m. Eastern. That is the time of our show. I know a lot of you are watching on demand on YouTube. That's certainly cool as well. Audio version over on audioboom.com, also on fantasysportsnetwork.com. I remember when I used to call this show Fantasy Sports uh, Network. It wasn't that long ago, Joe. It's only a few months ago, actually. Changed it up here. We're we're moving very quickly here at SportsGrid. Lots of things happening. Lots of... Lots of gears, lots of things spinning, lots of turning, lots of things, things in motion, things moving all the The, time. The the purple book's coming out soon. Purple book, right. It'll be available, not Mm -hmm. on Amazon, but on uh, MySpace. (laughs) How much is the black book? Uh, $14.99. $12.99. $12.99. Oh, I hate when they undercut me on MySpace. It's the worst. $12.99. With who Barry Rose? How many? How many, how many? How many pages? How many pages is the black book? Oh, I don't know yet. I'll let you know. It's a Give lot. Give me an approximation. A <laughs> hundred and sixty, hundred seventy. Purple book, one eighty-two. One eighty. So you're gonna get more at two dollars less. They're gonna take a bath on the shipping, on the printing. Let me tell you. What the printing is? It's gonna cost us more. It's gonna cost you more to print more pages. Sure. I know. I know somebody who you know will do it for the twelve pages for free. The extra 12. There Only 12, though. Only 12. Whatever you do, the 12 pages more for free. <laughs> Tell you, man, I got a great plan. I want you to go back to the Green Book one. I want to see that. Yeah, That's I had to go away from that, though. <clears throat> Boy, actually, already, I don't, don't want to get sued. We can't afford that. You and I actually, money. in our radio days a couple months back, actually interviewed my buddy Craig, who was in the uh, Green Book. He played the uh, the Italian How's he doing, guy. by the way? He's I doing very that. well. We actually that had was dinner before movie. the pandemic. Yeah, that was a really good movie, The Irishman. Yeah. No, no, not The Irishman. Green Book was good. I oh, I like The Irishman. Oh, you I, didn't like The Irishman. Uh, you like The Irishman? I liked it. So, oh, oh, three and a half hours of nothing. What's going on? It's a last, show. It was last, a movie about last nothing. half hour was dreadful. I will say that. Last half. I don't know what was going on with that. What, I feel what happened like there the there wheels came off that movie. And you know what? If you want to be a long-winded movie, that's okay. But you better finish strong. Like, I'll tell you a perfect example. not finish strong. I will Once Upon that. a Time in Hollywood. Long movie. Finished really strong. I like that movie. Finished in a way you're, you're prepared the whole time. Spoiler alert here. You're prepared the whole time for that thing to happen that everybody knows it's famous that happened. Then when it doesn't, 
You right. go, oh my God, that's amazing. You built me up for two or three hours for this. Like and you, that's how you end the movie strong. So Irishman, oh my gosh, terrible. Bad ending. The movie about that. Okay. okay, so <laughs> yesterday we had uh, a famous actor pass away that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. I think our generation essentially is the Seinfeld generation, more or less. It's like, the new generation now is Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's sort of our generation, too, because we really appreciated Seinfeld. And certainly one of the great actors on that show, and he also was in a lot of other things, too, of course, um, is Jerry Stiller, who passed away at the age of 92. Jerry Stiller, as basically Ben Stiller pointed out, had a great life. He lived a long life, died of natural causes, by the way, too, for those of you who may have missed it somehow. But he was a scene stealer in virtually every single episode that he was that he was in in Seinfeld, and honestly, I can't see another actor playing the role that he played. He was just tremendously funny and tremendously funny also in Zoolander. From getting that correct, yeah. also, yeah, uh -huh. was very funny in yeah. That. He was the agent in Zoolander, but him and his wife Amira, famous comedy team, for years and years, they would go on Ed Sullivan and all these other shows, and they would do theater uh, tours and stuff like that. They were very big in New York, especially in the tri-state area. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing more uncomfortable than George Costanza's parents' house. I mean, that is the most uncomfortable place. And so many incredible moments. And you're right, like the, the gem of the great character actor is they give you so much with so little amount of time. You know, they're on screen for like a couple minutes, but they do something magical and something incredible, whether it be the man's ear or the bro, whether it be Serenity Now, you, whether it yeah, be... That was another good one. <laughs> do you think about... Uh, the, best, the best one of all it's is Festivus. obvious, though, right? Yeah. It's got to be. The airing of the grievances. Whoever... I mean, that is... That is I mean, it, clearly really, a Larry David bit. Like, it's clearly a Larry David bit. And the per there's, there's nobody better to execute that bit. When he stands up and he goes, it's time for the airing of the grievances... I got a lot of issues with you people. I mean, it's, it's so perfect for Jerry Stiller. The best of his poll. The poll, the feats of strength, uh, all the things, you know, the, the, it's just, it's so uncomfortable. The yelling, you know, my parents live in a house that's constantly like different levels. Like there's stairs every five seconds going to different levels of the house. And they're constantly yelling from one part of the house to the other. And it just sometimes would feel like, you know, uh, you know Jerry Stiller and <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Costanza would feel like that sometimes. And it was, it's sad that he's gone, but my God, what a, what a great life of giving people laughs. I know he had a long run on King of Queens. I was not the biggest fan of that yeah. show. I was a Seinfeld I guy. And, you know, I, yeah, me too. Like I like the people, but I just go, I just, I just didn't care for it. But I, I gotta tell you, man, it's about, it's about Jerry Stiller. It's about those moments. And he just made you laugh and they're so memorable. And then I go on Twitter today and I see underneath him what's trending is Jay Buhner. And I'm like, why is Jay Buhner trending on Twitter? And it's because everybody's sharing that clip of when when George Steinberger comes to Costanza's house because he thinks that, you know, George is dead. And he's telling right. him, and what does he care about? He cares about, why the hell did you trade Jay Buhner? He had 30 home runs last year. It's just They're for Ken Phelps. Yeah. Do you remember when the, the Costanzas moved down to Del Boca Vista? I do. That is a great one, too. You know, and yeah. they're infringing <laughs> the whole thing. Why, why shouldn't we be able to retire? Oh, and the outfits, the outfits that he would wear too, like this, the striped Are, shirts and the weird things. And did, did you watch uh, the Big Bang Theory for all I the did. years? You did. Big, big yeah. See, I, I didn't 
And I feel like that is is probably the the most recent yeah long series comedy that in the office that is in, yeah. well the office goes back before big bang theory big bang theory ended after yeah. right yeah okay. i think you had you had the, the office was before big bang theory so ended. what are we talking about in order so we're talking about cheers first we're <sighs> talking like about the cheers original? then seinfeld then friends then seinfeld then friends. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, friends had so, yeah. ten That's years. True. Nobody made yeah, more money than those true. people. <laughs> so, yeah. And friends has and been in the office. Very strong, still is. And those are all NBC shows. And all then of Big them Bang. are NBC shows except for Big Bang Theory, which is incredible. I mean, NBC. Uh, the only, CBS was Everybody Loves Raymond, and That's CBS true. was King of Queens, I believe, was also CBS. So I they was had, not a huge fan of those shows though on cbs i don't know everybody why everybody loves raymond was pretty damn funny but i think it was so realistic sometimes funny that it sometimes was difficult to watch because you want to escape i love the new things the new seinfeld things that people are putting out there like you know jerry likes this girl but uh he's not sure if he wants to oh, share yeah, this amazon yeah. Live account with her yeah. i love the seinfeld today because it when you go back and you watch the old ones, it's kind of you're like, wow, this would all have been solved with a like the movie theater episode. It would have been solved with one simple text, but you have all the great comedy because it was right. a different time. So Brett mentions Two and a Half Men also on CBS. That was a very yeah. very popular one. Was- so 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 CBS we've we've run through, NBC we've run through, uh, ABC. Modern has there been a just wrapped up that I I never watched that, but it's a very good show at the start. I did not watch, I probably watched the first four or five years of it, but then I didn't watch after that. But I mean, they had people say it's very funny, and I like Jeff Garland because I love him in Curb. But you know, is there anybody that's more of a a, a, (laughs) like just a you know, Jeff Garland's character in Curb Your Enthusiasm with Susie Essman? Is there any more of just like a just a schlub guy where you're like, come on, <laughs> like, you know, the wife's always yelling at him. He's still doing things he shouldn't do. Oh. You know, what's funny is, is, I don't know, somebody in my family, I got to figure out who did it. Uh, you know, they have the cameo, you've heard of cameo? Have you ever huh? heard of that? Yeah. Where a celebrity will yeah. talk. Yeah. They got Susie Espin to do one. It's very, she's very, very <laughs> Did she funny, just yell she the just, F word at them? Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. She's just, yeah. You think, you're, you think you're such a good parent, but you're really not. You know, like it's really, really good stuff. Really funny she's stuff. She's made a career um, of being really good at profanity. How great is that? So ABC, we've only come up with Modern Family in the last 20, 30 years? Like, since Three's Company, basically? No, Blackish has been on for a long time, too. Uh, that's an ABC show, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, you know, NBC, NBC was... Does the, ABC Thursday has night. the dramas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, and you know, Fox, you think of... Fox sitcoms? Just The Simpsons. The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons. It's been on yeah. a billion years. 32 or 33 is that what they're up to now i don't know it's a lot it's a lot but nbc has been one the place for comedy i think and you know it's it's funny i don't know what the next grace we were just talking about this because the kids actually my kids have been re-watching big bang theory for the last couple couple months you said your daughter was watching the office and i said you know i'm kind of wondering where's the next sitcom coming from because it's gonna come it will it will you know but seinfeld so so what was your favorite of them all Man, the ones we just mentioned. That is tough. Um, you know what? Big Bang is the most watchable over and over again, but I think my favorite is Seinfeld. I think my personal favorite is I mean, just there's something about you know the uh, you know when they're having uh, those those moments where you just they're iconic and you remember them and you just need them to say one word like he's a close talker or the puffy shirt or whatever it is right. and you immediately something comes to mind. How about you? What's your favorite one? 
Cheers for sure. Really? Oh, okay. See, I mean, yeah, the if, contest. If you go back, if you go back and watch drink. Cheers, <laughs> the thing is, is that binge. Think about this. Seinfeld, you've you've watched on reruns a ton. You've binged it a ton. You've binged right. The Office on Netflix. Go start back at the beginning of Cheers and watch it from beginning to end, and you'll be like, "Wow, I am does so happy up? that I did this." Yes. Oh, it does. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I yes. remember it in syndication it's at very night. Funny. But, you know, I was a little young for Cheers. It's very funny. Very, yeah. very fun. Well, and look, and, and Ted Danson now on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's shows. right. Ted Danson's on like a million shows. Ted Danson's on like The Good Place. He's on a ton of shows too. So always works. All That's right. What it's so, about. Like you. Well, anyway, I don't know how we got on this, but rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. By the way, Zula, we we did it. We did a couple of weeks ago. We were, you know, again, we're going through every single topic possible here. We did the worst, best, and worst sequels of all time. I had Zoolander two as either the worst sequel or second worst sequel of all time. That I've ever I haven't seen the second one. Was that? Oh bad? my gosh! Oh, so bad. So first bad. one was fun and fantastic. And I remember the first one. I think was the first movie I saw post nine eleven, and I actually remember going with my dad to see it, my parents, because um, you know everybody just needed to laugh, and it was there. Right. <laughs> it was great. Blue Steel. Blue Steel. Yeah. God, you know, God bless. I mean, could you imagine growing up in that house with Anne Mira and Jerry Stiller as your parents? How could, how could you not be funny? You know, but yeah, what, what a great character. What a, what a great guy. Fun guy. So it's a good life. You Rest can make people laugh. Yeah. Jerry Stiller. All right. Thanks again to Matt Sells for coming on the show. Appreciate him for sure. Joe and I will be back again tomorrow for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. And believe it or not, tomorrow we bust out. Florida Man makes its triumphant return to our show. So stay tuned. That's coming up tomorrow on Fantasy Sports Today. For Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Stay on the grid the rest of the day. we got some great programming for you. Also, thanks to our great producer, Brett. And, of course, everybody who's involved with this show does such a great job. Danny, Ryan as well. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on Sports Day. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.